Chrome Bills, episode number 180. Peace to Cubby Bear, back at the beginning. You take peace, two peace, steps peace. and then you're back at the end. It's a complete 180, 360 degrees. I have a really funny experience. This is Cubby Bear. This is Cubby uh, That I want to tell you guys about this is, with my this kids. Is that reminded me so much of a battle rap. You know how like people will take. Uh... <laughs> I just love the setup. <laughs> yeah, check this out. So you know, is it a homonym where it's like a word that sounds the same but means something different, like bear and bear, like bear naked versus like the animal bear? All right. So <laughs> my daughter, when she's holding her blanket, she likes to like. I, I know this isn't a visual, so she'll like rub it in between her fingers she's so she's starting, starting it, right? fire she's starting fire yeah she's just like i've had enough of this life already i'm taking everybody with me now she's needing her blanket right so i was like yo she needs her blanket so she could need her blanket i was like i, I could definitely see some battle rapper delivering <laughs> that line like it was the illest shit ever but it ain't here's another good one i came up with today is that stained chocolate or poop or both <laughs> I do like Hovenden punchlines. It's like, why are you acting like it's theirs? You ain't even over there. Over there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fuck it. Uh, so, yeah, you said welcome to Cubby Bear. Or uh, rest in peace to Cubby Bear. That'd this be is Cubby Bear. Do. You're listening to Chrome to Bills. Him, peace. Unfortunately. Rest in peace, man. This rest is, in uh... peace. I'm as uh, I know you've obviously been putting a lot of work on the album that came out even in death, which dropped January 28th is on all streaming platforms. Now there's a strange, famous records, strange, famous records. Uh, But as a, you know, an an outsider to the musical aspect of this coming together, other than hooray, which I feel like I had heard before was hooray ever on anything else. Or do I just know that from being like in the circle of you probably given me an MP3. He had it on a, EP called Still Can't Fly. Okay. Yeah. So Hooray was out there, but I'm very happy that it's on here. But yeah. In terms of the other seven songs, hearing all those for the first time, I'll friend it up might have been played on a Chrome Bells episode, but the other six. An early version of it. How my shit was weak on that version. Oh, did you change your verse on it or something? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because I remember like the first time. Really? The first time. So the first time I heard it, I mean, he murders that. And so I, the first time I recorded, I was like, I just want to like get something. I want to get something on paper, so to speak. So I have a reference to go back and listen to. And I remember what he was like, I don't think we had talked about it before he played it on an episode. I was almost like, don't play it. Don't play it. Because I didn't like, I mean, that version wasn't what the end was going to be. Uh, the, and it's funny because that shit took me. I think that's w- definitely one of my better like shit talking, bragging verses. And it took me a long time to write and deliver. Did they both stay the same? Uh, start the same? Because I kind of so, remember the uh, like the by the throat. Yeah, I'm not living in the line of notes. The Seinfeld yeah. in the wire quotes like th- that was in both. There, yeah, I'd say I changed a lot of the fast part. So all fronted up. Okay. Each verse is two parts: the slower part and then the fast part for each of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the second two one two one eight is it two one two one eight? This how two one two one eight zip. A hold a straight face to relate. Wow, I'm so I'm so simple. Yeah, I mean, I, it's funny. Like of all like the digital things it could be now, it's still like the the most analog thing possible. Your zip code. 
I could see like a hundred years from now when no one uses zip codes anymore. Someone listening to the record, like, what is that? Like a map to buried treasure? Mm-hmm. Although I guess it wouldn't be buried treasure, it'd be Bitcoin. How do you mine Bitcoin? I still don't understand that. My man just went a bunch of different places. I heard three tangents at once. This, I've been trying to figure out how to get this microphone working. I'm, it feels like a fucking, like, you know, you go to a concert and they give you, like, the 28-ounce bottle of Bud Light? Yeah. So I feel like I'm holding on. I feel like I'm at a Zach Brown concert. I was going to jump in, but I didn't want to get off topic and be like, I don't think zip codes will ever go away. No. But I was like, don't do that. We'll get way off topic. And then Who are you? later, he was like, how do you actually mine Bitcoin? <laughs> I mean, I don't have a lot of... But yeah, so that one had been played on an episode. All friended up had been played in on an episode, despite my vehement protest afterwards. I should say. But so yeah. where where I was going with that question then was for the other six songs, which I just heard for the first time, and many people that are listening to this probably just heard for the first time in the last two weeks. Can you give at least the high level of how the project comes together? You know, from from those two songs to now having eight. Yeah, man. So Cubby and I met in 2000, I think it was 2006, maybe a little bit before that. So there's a really good write-up on strangefamousrecords.com that I spent a lot of time like actual, actually like looking into shit, trying to remember specific dates. And then Storm Davis' Strange Famous edited it. So it's like a real concise version there's of- There's no or, Bitcoin mining mentioned in that. Right, yeah. Is it, it, it? That's where I first bring up, uh, <laughs> she needs her blanket because <laughs> she needs her blanket. Um <laughs> Anyway, so go check that out if you're interested in hearing, <clears throat> reading mm-hmm. a, a more concise, less inebriated version of what I'm about to tell you. So we met in the mid 2000s, and then, um, although would that be 2050? Would, <laughs> that'd be the mid 2000s. Yes, we met mid 22 22nd century or 2500. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it depends on if we're nitpicking. <laughs> yeah, we we met at some point in time in the span of human existence, and so. Immediately hit it off. Wanted to, I thought, all right, you know, I'm getting a lot of shows in DC or educated consumers, I should say. We were getting a lot of shows in DC. Let's, you know, we could be beneficial to each other. So whenever Josh would have an opening at, you know, like uh, he would be opening somewhere, I, you know, he'd have me on for a song or try to get me on the bill, mm-hmm. vice versa for shows in DC. <clears throat> the first song we ever did was Hooray, just as had to have something that we could do together. And it's funny because that's like Matt, like, Piece to uh, rough rough year on that. What do you think? Two thousand six, I think. Okay. On hooray, is two thousand six really yeah. okay? Because wow. it was pretty quick. Like that was one. You know, you guys got homies like this where when you meet through music, you get to working on music pretty quick. You know, it's like somebody <laughs> just like, you two. Right? <laughs> 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 so I remember we did that one. We knocked it out really quick, and then. um knocked that out so as the years went by we recorded a handful of other songs um constricting releases another one that i think was like 2012 maybe which is crazy because it's 2022 and you know the record that we're talking about now is eight songs so are you constrict or release which one are you and that's a that's a song or an ep depends how gassy i am no that's a that's That's a a song song on the album okay thanks for listening Oh, a song on this. Oh, so that song is that old. Okay. Yeah. No, well, I, I yeah. you know what? I, I definitely have listened to the album multiple times, but I'm bad at nah, I put it on it. and yeah. then I don't follow the uh I don't know the fucking names of the songs. So uh, yeah. So we had uh we had done a handful of but when I say handful, maybe like two or three. There's a couple songs on there 
like um what could i do is the second song uh i had done that so hooray we did just like as a one-off constricting release was going to be on one of uh, a cubby album and it didn't happen we did one song together on an educated consumers album called don't let me get ahead of myself i'm just steady yourself so it was ahead of myself so and anyway. did that live at Strathmore Correct. in yeah. 2012, 2011? Yeah. 2012? I think that's 2012. 2012. Yeah. So the point being, he and I, we don't, Josh and I had always, we wanted to do songs to have for albums and that we could perform. And we'd always talked about, let's just do an album of you and I. Mm. And But the problem with something like that, like I think that's kind of how Constrict and Release came about, where it was like, this is really good. Let's just put it on the next album that you have coming out. Like that'll be done in six months as opposed to however fucking long it's going to take us idiots to actually do an album. So he eventually got diagnosed with stage four brain cancer in August of 2016. And, you know, among other things, he prioritized finishing the record or at least doing what we could. And we did a couple songs. Like I, I think all friended up was done shortly before that. Um, but Offering It Up was the last song that he and I did together, which is, I mean, you know, obviously I'd rather he were here, but it's sort of a very, very thin silver lining that that song's that'll be the best song we ever did together. And in some ways, I mean, I think it's very representative of what I liked to do over his beats. Mm-hmm. So when we did Hooray, I went, I recorded first and then he did his verse. And I, I can definitely tell, like, he was like, oh, I kind of see where Cole's going, like, um, just sort of like real sardonic, like dick, cocky dickhead kind of style, being funny. And that wasn't really his steez mm. on record. You know what I mean? Like, it was a fun side to see of him. Right. And I always looked at All Friended Up as like, hooray, the updated version. Because on that, you know, he set it off. But I think he's sort of still in that hooray line of thinking of like, fuck everything, but like I'll still make make something funny about it. You know what I mean? So we would he would send me beats and I, for whatever reason with his beats, I've always I've always thought of myself as like I write pretty quick, but like I'll need a week typically to get a verse like exactly the way I sounded because I'm kind of picky and I just want it to be smooth and be able to deliver blah blah. Cubby shit, I always wrote like real quick. Mm-hmm. Like, Correa, I remember writing at his place, which I never... It's the only time I've ever, like, written on the spot and ended up really liking it. And just for for those listening, you know, you can go back to some of the older interviews where I think we talked to Cuppy about his production style. Um, We'll have to put some some links out to those episodes where where I think we were talking to him about the production uh, tools that he used in programs, etc. Yeah. He was on twice or three times. I think he was on at least three, twice. I think he was on three times. That's what I, I feel thought, like we yeah. texted it we, the we other did. day. Yeah, I'll pull it up. All right. So, so and, and just to yeah. he did every beat on the album, right? All all eight beats are him or no? So he did every beat. The last beat, and I'll get to the the last beat because it's the title track in a second. Um, because Episode, it's episodes sort of, fifty nine, ninety four, and one hundred five. And give the titles ninety four. Somebody's got to play those as lottery numbers. <laughs> Good call. Uh, the, the last one was fist fights. Oh, no, this was the second one. Fist fights and breasts with Cubby Bear. <laughs> we had the best titles. <laughs> uh, I'll never oh, forget the, the one the of them. I'm, like, I'm trying to think of something worse than this. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Like I was, the question was something along the lines of like, "What's the most uncomfortable or like most terrible 
conversation that hip hop has gotten you into. I think I was the one that asked it, and yeah. he was just like paused, gave it yeah. a little bit to marinate. It was like, sorry, I'm trying to think of something worse than this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I like that Cubby Bear. Like I didn't know him well, but I think he made fun of me like within the first five minutes of meeting him. He was yeah. making, he was making fun of my hair almost immediately. <laughs> So he would send me beats and the express purpose of those beats was these would be for songs that we did together. So I would always write a verse and then a hook. And I was like, you know, if you don't like either of these conceptually, whatever, just let me know. And he always took his time writing. And so we had four or five on like half finished songs where I had done half of it. So when he was diagnosed in August of 2016, you know, like that October, we were trying to get the ball rolling on working on the record and sort of got some steam. But, you know, it was it was just one of those things where, you know, he, I know it was hard. He had, I think the doctors were like, you know, you, you'll, you'll have six to nine months to live. And I think you know, he wanted to make the most of that doing shit, you know, like traveling and stuff like that. And I'm glad that he did those things as opposed to us working on, like sitting at his house working on the record. So his health eventually declined fairly, fairly rapidly. And he passed in May of 2017. So it was a pretty short A to B. And so after a while <clears throat> we reached out to Cam or I forget how I, I, I was talking to Cam a piece to Cam one who's been on, is it 17 times now? I can't remember. The title is always like Cam one, Cam one, two, right. Cam one, two, three. I think it's up to five. All right. So at some point we were talking, maybe I talked to his brother or something. I forget how it came up, but Cam was like, you know, if I can get to his computer, I could get the files, which was like, you know, that dude speaking of Bitcoin, who's like going to lose eight mil if he can't find, like, he's only got one more pass attempt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like if someone was like, here, I got you. <laughs> that was basically Cam. Cause I had no idea what we were going to do with the computer. It's a good metaphor. Yeah. So I had recorded a bunch of verses and hooks to some Cubby beats. And then uh, once Cam was able to get the files out, there was three or four of those that well, let's I liked. Talk, let's talk about that because I feel like that was probably a massive undertaking. In, in terms of Cam getting the files? Like, yeah, mining the Bitcoin of these, yeah. these files. I mean, I couldn't even get my fucking microphone to work on my, <laughs> my computer. You think I'm going to be able to tell you anything that he did? Because I will not. How long did it take? And how did it happen? Did he take the whole computer home? Did he go somewhere where the device was? I'm just, you, do you know even that much? So Josh has a brother named Bill. Your call ends in 10 minutes. No shit. You want to start another one? No, we're good. We're good. Hold on. Just let's keep talking until it stops. Okay. We're so cheap. So can't, so Josh has a brother named Bill. Bill, I had talked to him, put him in touch with Cam. I think Bill, before he, he'd come back to Baltimore for a while, uh, and then he was moving somewhere else. So he gave Cam the computer, if memory serves correctly. So mm-hmm. Cam like had the computer at his house. And I think <clears throat> eventually sent me all of the like session files or whatever. I forget exactly how. Maybe I was just recording to the beat and then sending it back to him. Um, but I did a couple takes, a couple well, versions. Un- 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 unpack that a little bit. So there were... How many songs had you not put a verse on yet that you were doing posthumously? None. Well, okay, so only one because I had 
But you were redoing some of the verses that you had laid. So I did redid all friended up. What could I do? Actually, we used a version that I had done over at Josh's studio. Okay. Um, don't look down. I'd recorded initially at uh, don't look down a random drug test. Both of those I'd done a verse to at Josh's and then constrict and release. He and I did together at his place. There's actually, it's funny cause there's like a little fuck up in that song hmm. that drives me nuts when I hear it. But I remember I asked cam and he was like, God, I, I I don't notice it. I wouldn't think anything of it. And I'm not I'm sure shit not going to say what it is on here. So those are all ones that you left the original no. vocal takes of. Okay. No. So at some point, um, I forget how. So Alexander Brown is a very talented producer that is from the area, worked with Josh, has also had stuff come out on Strange Famous Records, who played who a huge role you? in putting this out. So we'll get to them in a second. But so anyway. Alexander Brown emailed me and was like, I know you're working on this record. Here is something Cubby and I did. Mm. Uh, it's a beat. All I have is an MP3 of it. And it's the beat for what eventually became the title track, Even in Death. And I feel like it's it's probably like in the top five songs I've ever written just because of what the song means and the challenge of like capturing some, you know, like my ass, my interactions with him, but trying to capture his essence in like three minutes. You know what I mean? Like, but the funny thing is, I always was like, oh, Absolutely. Fuck. you know, I wish we had the the file sessions of this to really like blow it out and make it sound great. And then I thought mm-hmm. having the MP3 of this gives it that sort of like, it's not perfect. You know, like there is this sort of sense of belonging by not by not having something. Mm-hmm. But after Josh was gone, I was like, just appreciate what you do have. Like you, th- there's no point wasting any time wishing you had a different version of this. It's going to be fine. And I actually think because Alexander Brown, A, is so talented, and B, he made it, he did a really good job of, you know, dolling up an MP3. Like, when I listen to it, I don't notice that it's any different. Like, Hooray is an MP3, and it's clearly clearly different than the rest of the songs, but it's that way because we couldn't find the files of it. We thought, I'm not a huge fan of like remastered versions of things. You know, like that's the version of Hooray that's been out for a long time. I thought it had to come out that way. So Even in Death was the only one that I started writing like after Josh was had passed. So Random Drug Test, Don't Look Down, both of those, I s- scrapped a lot of the verses, rewrote those. And then I actually think the second verse of both of those songs are, are fucking really dope. Like Random Drug Test, in particular, and those were new. I'm, I'm just trying to track yeah. the, the, the time out of some of the stuff. Yeah. Okay. So just so that to makes go sense. through, off ended up. Josh set it off first. I redid it um, twice. And then, you know, that was just something like it took me a long time to rework. What could I do? That was something that was done from the beginning. Don't look down, random drug test, rework those. Meat eating media. That's the other one. Like that's one where I had stuff written, but I really want to. I feel like that's my favorite fuck the media song that I've done. Like I've got five topics, <laughs> you know, that I cover and that's one of them. And I feel like that's sort of the signature one of those. I should probably find something else to talk about. Well, and that's a, that's a reference to Contra, right? Isn't that a, yeah. Yeah. Like the cubby song Contra, which is, I I would think is probably one of the most known of his whole career. I think I even pulled the YouTube video up just out of nostalgia sake this week. And it has like, you know, 35,000 views or something. The one that's up there might not even be the original version. And uh, it's like, not only is it a lyric in the song, but it's one that hits like at a time to start a lyric when the drum sort of does a signature cubby, like really hard hit and gets distorted and and feels like a lot of the the signature moves. So 
um when i saw that as a song title right away i was like oh that's contra right there perfect i begged addict to use that as a cut and it just it didn't work which i was like how is that possible it lands most of it is without the snare but anyway i mean we so there was a version that had that cut from contra on meat eating media as Um, as somebody who does cuts every once in a while i will say that sometimes they just won't work they just don't work and it's like well like like uh what was smoke what was Smokey's mom name like Smokey's mom said make it work <laughs> remember when <laughs> she she gave him like two bucks for a pack of cigarettes she's like this ain't enough she's like make it enough that's all that's a mom line right there so so go back to even in death for a second because I, I definitely want to hear your take on this that you as a writer never someone to shy away from honesty and vulnerability on a song while at the same time like that had to be the most honest and vo- most vulnerable place that you were putting yourself in. So what I'm curious about is in the writing and the kind of recording and the reworking, how much different does that feel than a regular song that you, when you're putting it together, is there more pressure on yourself? Is it more, um, it's, it actually just feels so natural and something you want to get out that it's less like, how would you compare doing something that heavy and that strong to the regular other 700 songs you've done in your career that's a great question um so i always look at songs like you know if you go into the song saying this is what this song the title is going to be and this is what the hook is going to be and this is what you can do that like that there's i've done songs like that but i find that when that's not working you really have to cut bait with trying to make the song that way. Mm. You know, so like if it's like, all right, like I'm writing a song about my dead friend, like this is the title. This, you know, like I tried that. That's actually, I mean, at least out of that process, I did get even in death and it just was not working because I was like, I got these 250 things that I want to say in, I've got like maybe 12 lines that I can use. So at some point I stopped trying to do the hook that I'd originally come up with which was something like, even in death, you are an inspiration, even in death, you are, you know, it was like that, that just wasn't working. So eventually I just started letting myself write to the beat. And I've always looked at, it's almost like when you get a knot in a shoe or like a, in a shoelace, the hard part really is finding like that first strand to get loose. Cause once you do that, you can sort of see how everything else can come loose. Does that make any sense? It, it does. How long would you say the process takes where you bag the other chorus and as soon as I like there's songs there's songs that I can count on one hand how many times I've actually finished a song where at some point I'm like this isn't working that I just kept doing it and maybe like one of those has ever come out at some point I'm not like a pretty I'm not the most spontaneous person in in real life but in writing I'm like if it doesn't feel right um it just doesn't feel right so as soon as it was pretty immediate that I wasn't I wasn't liking that. And that sort of brings me to to the next aspect of answering the question. And that's, that's when it started taking me a long fucking time to write because I was like, all right, like this isn't like me sitting down to one of my favorite instrumentals, like just going on one by one. And like, just I'm, I'm writing rhymes about whatever. Cause no one's ever going to hear it. Like just like getting the juices flowing. I was like right. every fucking time I went back to that beat, I was like, this has to be, this has to be the best. It has to be perfect. Yeah. And I just kept, I was like, I know that's the case. I know that's how I want to feel writing this song. So I'm just going to keep doing this until either I get that or that stops feeling like the right approach. 
And then when I kept getting at it, one of my favorite metaphors is getting blood from stone. Like I just kept punching the stone until it started bleeding. Like then I got the first couple lines. Then I saw that. So like the sort of, I don't know if it's a hook, but the first like 12 lines are repeated. They bookend the verses at the beginning and the end of the song. Like, as soon as I got four lines into that, I was like, this will be either a hook. This is not good enough. For, this is not what a verse would sound like. This is what a hook would sound like. So now I have those. Do I want this to be four lines, eight lines, 12 lines, whatever. Mm -hmm. Once I got that, and another thing about, you know, like I've worked with a lot of different producers, some of which will send me a 90 second loop. Um, and, you know, like a handful of cats have done that. And so I know how to, how to work with that in terms of being like, I'm not going to write like an 80 bar verse because this is a loop. I'm going to write 12 bars and be like, here's where I see this song going. Can you either just do the resequencing that you would want to do or like, here's my two cents, but like you get those kind of beats or you have somebody that's like, here's a three and a half minute beat. There's speed switches all over the place. Like they're, they're not completely uh, random. You know, they're like every 12 bars, but like, for all intents and purposes, you're rapping over what this beat is going to end up sounding like. I like that too, because you know, it's like, all right, it's sort of like, trying to think of there's like a canvas and you know the parameters of it and it's not going to change so you might as well work with what's in there so got those first like 12 lines i was like all right now the beat drops you know so that will be the verse there's definitive parts where like 12 bars later like the beat drops out so then i can do like uh that's why i do like so one thing i did with that song that i was really proud of was by the way while the you're end. getting the drink of water i always think of that as like going on a hike the metaphor where like the terrain is already set right hmm. yeah so instead of like a flat road where you're going to decide whether you run or walk it's like the producers laid it out so you're like oh i want to speed up here i want to slow down here this is a good point to catch my breath is very much like uh like a hike but go on yeah well to that you know it, it's funny too because i always feel like that like if you were good at freestyling like you kind of liked it like that like when a really good dj was djing for you and you're freestyling like the DJ could tell when you were building up to a really good line and you were kind of killing it. And then they would pause the beat and play the like, course. And there's Steve. <laughs> but, you know, I feel like a good producer is like, oh, like I really feel like this, this part of the song is coming to a crescendo. Mm -hmm. Let me indicate that to whoever's writing that to this. Beat. You know, I, and I don't know that Alexander Brown and Cubby were thinking to that extent with that beat. But so, so the, those two worked on that together i'm sorry if i missed this yeah, they sure worked, they worked yeah. on that song together so alexander brown's the one who sent me that after cubby had passed okay because there's so, not a there's no cubby verse on that record on right? that song no on that i'm sorry yeah on that, yeah. On that particular song yeah. correct yeah I, I steve it's a good question because i was wondering the same thing so okay. they basically dual produced it correct is what you're saying yeah. and no one had rhymed on it but then the the stage was set in terms of the sequencing mm -hmm. And it's frozen as an MP3, and it's like, all right, what can you do with this? So when you say you're like going back to it, and like this is working, that's not working. Is this all like? I actually, let me ask it another way. I assume this is not one session. Like, I went down. It was a Friday. I decided I was going to write this track. Like, this is you're coming back to it a couple times over the span of whatever it is, a week, a few weeks. It's so it's something that's floating around in your head. Once I that's the thing is once I got like I, I I guess like an entry point is a way to call it like once I knew was there a few sit downs before you got to the entry point I guess several is the way I, I would but ask yeah it. like okay. that's when I was just like it it's got to feel right like I'll I'll know it when I feel it I'm not gonna like name the song I'm just gonna keep like listening to this beat and writing stuff and that you know that was and I think 
And so I'll, I'll address another aspect of what that was now. So I remember talking to people, you know, that I was like, can you work on the record? Or other people, can you be involved with something? And they're just like, I'm just not ready to do that right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I have always been the kind of person in those kind of scenarios where I was like, if I'm dealing with that kind of pain, like I want to sort of be busy doing something about it or with it. Mm-hmm. And so with that record, I was like, I could tell in my mind, I was like, I'm sort of like running towards the finish line of being done with this. But at some point, like that's going to be done and I'll really have to deal with my emotions about Josh, you know what I mean? Like, and I think a lot of other people were sort of starting at that point. They were like, I want to deal with my emotions about Josh. And then I can think about like doing video, like footage for a video or like contributing something to us. You know what I mean? Like it was just different ways to like deal with eventually you knew what was going to hit you. So, you know, when I did, when I was working on the record, like with that, that was the one where I was like, all right, like, random drug test you know like that's not about josh <laughs> you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i'm glad that 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 song found a home in that beat but like i could have done that song to another beat even in death that was the one where i was like it can only be about josh like there was i guess maybe it was a lot of pressure but I, subconsciously i think i was like when i'm done with this like there's no more like work to do on this record in terms of like what you would need to do other than like administrative stuff like you're not going to have this distraction to keep you from feeling your emotions about Josh. And not that I hadn't, you know, like the night, the night that he, his brother called me and was like, Josh passed. I remember, you know, crying, but feeling like a big sense of processing because I felt relief, which also made me feel guilt because, you know, I, I know he had been in pain. So I dealt with my emotions to a large extent, but working on the album, I think was maybe like a, uh, my way of coping. And then once the album was done, I'd have to find another way of coping is the best way to put it. But so two things about the, the, that, that particular song, number one, yes, Alexander Brown did do it. He also did a really good job of after cam had done the first like 75% of mixes and like taking it pretty far, Alexander Brown was going to master the record. So he was like, you know, why do you want me to take another stab at like mixing these and not like doing, you know, like Cam had done the overwhelming majority of the work. Matt was just going to like add low ends here and there where like stuff needed it. Mm-hmm. So Matt really beefed or Alexander Brown really beefed up the rest of the record. So, so he's but, doing production. Correct. Like he okay. played, he would play bass, on, like all friended up. Like you can kind of tell it's like a slight, it's, you can you can tell that there's like a bass line being played off of a guitar over top of the record. And it, you know, it, it slaps. It adds like a nice element to it. But so to the point about at what point did I know when writing Even in Death that I was going in the right direction. So I had like the roadmap of how I knew the song was going to look at the end in terms of the structure. <clears throat> but as I was coming to the end of writing, at the end of almost every other line it's a reference to a cubby song Uh so like the the funny thing to me is like the second uh so it goes like sort of let's call it a hook verse then there's like a pre like a breakdown where i'm just like doing uh, i'm not rhyming like i'm sort of doing like spoken word poetry back to a verse spoken word poetry book ended by the hook that the song opened with in one of those spoken word parts i'm like life is so annoying because i can no longer share it with you he had this great line where he's like, life is so annoying because I have to share it with you. And so there's a lot of like me playing off of his lines on those. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where I'm like, 
you know. Was that always baked in as the scheme no, in terms of I, writing, or like the first time you did it, you had the like Eureka where you're like, yo, I think I should do this for. So that's why I was saying, I was like, I, I know, like, I have the roadmap for this song, but for this one particular song, like this, in some way for the audience that was really in the Cubby's music, that the first time they noticed this, this will become the hook for them throughout the verses. Because there's so many of them like tied throughout the whole thing. I'd have to look at the actual lyrics, but like if you just like familiarize yourself with some of Cubby's song titles, and you'll notice on it like really like pretty quickly. So that was the one where I was like, yes, you know, this is. I feel like I've done a good job just from a structural standpoint of figuring out the right way to present this song. I feel like you know I've I've got the the skill to make the words sound good and like select things and i feel like as a writer raps poetry stories like reports you're just making choices time and time again and you just you want to keep making the choices that advance you towards the the end that you want in that particular piece that you're working on that was when i was like now this takes this song to like another level it really it really personalized it for my experience with Josh as an audience member, but also for the people uh, that were very familiar with his music. And he had a lot of like really obsessive and I don't mean in a bad way, but fans. And I think they'll get a kick out of that if they hadn't noticed it already. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't catch that. It was quite every other line, but I caught enough of them where I was sitting there obviously as a, as a fan of yours and a friend of both of you guys and being like, wow, Cole went into this and was like, what are the boxes? Like I was, I was reverse engineering the song. So I was like, what are the boxes I got to check? Well, like, it's gotta be heartfelt, you know, like that, like those are the easy, like it's, it's gotta be real. And then I was like, wow. But like the, the playoff of the existing material, the Easter eggs for fans, the things that you'll come back for all the time. Uh, I didn't know the story about the structure, but to me it felt very cubby in nature of how like the sequencing and everything worked that I was like, wow, I'm just like so impressed by this piece of art because I think that when you look back on it, is your own critic, right? Your own person who knows your whole catalog, knows where you were proud of where the highs, knows where you you thought even a song that maybe fans might like, you were like, I could have come better on, that I was like, damn, I feel like Cole is going to look at this song and be like, yeah, he used a sports metaphor, like I left it all out on the field. And I th- I appreciate you going into such depths explaining now how you got there because i think that's a a really raw uh interesting part of the song for anyone that loves it yeah thank you yeah i mean you know how much i respect you as a writer too so i mean to hear you say those kind things about it definitely goes a long way and you know that's it's one of those things where i was i I think looking back now is like it has to be perfect and i don't mean perfect perfect but like perfect for me because i'm a perfectionist so yeah you know, that's one of those songs too, man, where like, I don't believe in heaven or anything like that, but God, if there is one, <laughs> I'd love to just sit down and be like, here, check this shit out, man. I think you'd really like this. You know, like, I think that would be, that'd be a good thing. That's a fantastic image too of like, you get to, you know, cause we think about this heaven where we're like, oh, obviously he's already heard it, you know, like it's like that yeah. type of thing where it's like an interesting scenario where how cool would it be for you to say, Hey, look what I did for you. Yeah. Hell yeah. And he would see, he'd have some smart ass reply about it after he played too. Right. Well, so, I, so to that point, let me tell this funny. Like, why did you story re-record about... your verses? <laughs> He's like, that's cool. But why'd you redo the verse on all friend of right. You didn't, right. you didn't like that. I was killing right. this song. Right. 
Or if he was just like after the song, I was like, it was dead quiet. I was like, what'd you think? He's like, I'm not writing one for you because you're dead now too. <laughs> That's actually what the exact. So there's, there, I definitely encourage everybody to go read the write up. But let me let's bring a little levity to uh, this interact. So <laughs> the original title, the working title we had had for like ten years hmm. for a record that he and I did together was "You Die at the End," hmm. and so. At one point, when one, in like the handful of times we got together in person strictly to work on the record, after he was diagnosed, he was like, "Yeah, I think you died." The end is a little on the nose given the circumstances, and I was like, "Oh, like is he?" I just looked at it. He was like smiling like shit. It was so fucking funny. It was hysterical. Wow. wow. So, so yeah, that's another we, thing. Like even in death, I didn't have a title for that record. Until I wrote Even in Death, and then I was like, all right, that's that's definitely the title. Why don't, why don't we listen to Even in Death? What sure. Yeah, I was going to say, we should play something Yeah, and uh, allow people... If anyone's listening to this that hasn't heard the record, obviously, go check it. Um, you can find it under Seas Mics or Cubby Bear on all streaming platforms. Uh, put out by Strange Famous. There's a lot of cool stuff on Bandcamp, too. A lot of videos. Uh, we can talk about videos when we get back. Uh, the album title is Even in Death. The last song on the album is Even in Death. That's the track we've been... Uh, talking about for the last couple minutes. So There's a great video by Shawnee Cameras too. Yeah, shout out to Shawnee Cameras. Who, 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 who are you? Who, 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 who are you? Oh, hold on. I blew that one, didn't I? Shit, hold on. That I'm glad that we heard that little part. So the vocals, the female vocals on there are this uh, woman named Barbara Vandervossen. Mm-hmm. Beautiful voice. So... She and Josh were very close friends. I sent her the song. I was like, no pressure. I think you should be on this record. She had sung on a bunch of his other albums. Uh, But I was like, I don't have any direction to give you. Just do what you feel. Mm. So she recorded a whole range of stuff. And Cam, I got to give him a a ton of credit for the record as a whole. But really on this song, he placed her vocals in different spots. Oh, nice. I I don't know where there's a spoken. A little production credit here. Yes. As big a snob as I am about rap, I'm more of a snob about poetry because I think it's just so easy to do poorly. Mm-hmm. At the end of it, Barbara does just a beautiful spoken word piece. I don't know if she had placed that there originally or if Cam did, but so I got it. She's on the song too. And I, you know, I got so wrapped up in thinking about my role in it. You it really say. was one. <laughs> Yeah, but it's unusual for me to only look at things from my perspective. But in terms of, I knew like I was done with it when I was doing the Cubby, you know, playoff of his stuff. Once I heard Barbara's vocals, I was like, now this song is, this is a masterpiece for what it needed to be. Nice. Thank Hell you. yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. Our tears pulled together like the money that we raised, none of which could save you, but some of which we saved, so your memory can live on in the world you grew to hate, despite the love that grew out of the world you helped create. You were always so serious, you were always so hilarious, you were always so sincere, you were always there to care for us. And even in death I hear you say, everyone, are you okay? But we don't have the answers for the questions asked by cancer. And all those jokes we made about what a shitty place this is. Must have been laughing at us while you lay silently in that bed. You couldn't speak, I couldn't stop. The world just kept on dying. 
life could never tame you But that never stopped it from trying The first time we met was hysterically awkward Anyone listening, ask me about it sometime It's good to reflect, you learn to accept A little fear can't eclipse sunshine Josh in a peer named Cubby Bear If he wasn't making masterpieces, he was cutting hair The paradox is searching for peace and finding nothing there What you found, oh what you found A place of solace for all the lost kids Such a sound, yes such a sound Explosive, caustic, firebox it Baltimore's least willing profit Most obvious prospect for drawing a line in the sand just to cross it Concert, don't mean we're in concert But I guess that's what made your mantra contra On the night you died, I cried inside But felt relief and said out loud I'm glad your pain is over Hello, I hope you're better now I was a fan and a friend You were a friend and a fan You taught me what it meant to die like a man Life is so annoying Cause I can no longer share it with you Our tears pulled together Like the money that we raised None of which could save you But some of which we saved So your memory can live on In a world you grew to hate Despite the love that grew Out of the world you helped create You were always so serious You were always so hilarious You were always so sincere You were always there to care for us And even in death I hear you say Everyone, are you okay? But we don't have the answers Fuck cancer Yeah, here and in the sky. May you die, send me stars. When I die, I'll send you butterflies. Yeah, <laughs> it went right in. Two one two one eight. Pain at my chest a lot break. So yeah, so I got all the just for the the Easter egg fans out there. Yeah. So are you okay? Mm-hmm. Tame. Mm-hmm. Sunshine. Sunshine, I think, is my favorite like deep cut of his. Although I guess that was a pretty popular song. A Little Fear, Firebox, Contra. Hello, I hope you are better now. That's at the end of one of the songs. And then uh, one of the favorite lines I said that wasn't related to something he had done, Place of Solace. Like that was something I thought about whenever I would see a Cubby show. There was a lot of like, you could tell it was people like, I like rap. I also like heavy metal. I like heavy metal. I also like rap. Like, I don't feel particularly welcome at either show. Like, Cubby was the right place for those people to go to. It was definitely a place of solace. So, so yeah, that was a good one. The video, the video is awesome. So, Shawnee Cameras, uh, after Josh passed at his memorial, his brother Bill had collected a ton of pictures when Josh was like, you know, a baby all the way up to being an adult. So there was a slideshow at the memorial uh, with all those pictures at Charles Village Pub, hmm. which is where Josh had worked. Yep. I know, Steve, I remember hanging out with you and Cameron yeah. Verrocked. I slept over at your house. That's right. Because <laughs> that was because I remember right. when uh, a couple of weeks ago when I was staying over, you're like, you'll stay in the guest room. And in my head, I was like the one without the bathroom. And you were like the one without the bathroom. And I knew it from staying over that time. Yeah. So um, I think we saw Busy B that night. Yes, we did. <laughs> we did. Wow. <laughs> so eventually, uh, with the idea for the video, uh, I talked to Strange Famous. We're actually getting a video done for Off Rented Up, which is going to be a lot of fun. 
And the video that we decided to do for Even and Deaf, I thought, let's have the music set to a collage of pictures. When I mentioned that to Bill, he was like, I got you, boo. So he had the the pictures that were used at the memorial, yeah. gave them to Sean. I mean, that was, you know, you talk about, you know, Chuck, to the point about like writing a song for that video. I was like, I'm, I've got to like funnel it in this direction. I want to, the song, a heartfelt song or a collage of pictures. And like, it just completely immediately fell into place and always felt like the right way to go with that. Yeah, and he, Sean, he really did an incredible job on that video. Yeah, man, he big, did. Big shout out to Shawnee. Peace to Shawnee Cameras. How long did it take for that video to get clear? Not long. I mean, that's the thing was like, so, you know, Sean, we've known Sean for a long time. He did the electronic press kit for educated consumers. He did a promo video for nice. the record I did with Cam called Broken Clock. Like, mm-hmm. I've known Sean long enough. And even back then when he was doing it, like, it wasn't yet his profession. He was definitely working his way there. I mean, he was great. Yeah, He was just very quick, like, knew how to do shit. Absolutely. Not just like the technical side of it, right, Chuck? Like, mm-hmm. not just the oh, technical yeah. side of it. So <clears throat> when I sent it to him, I was like, here's specifically what I want. He, it's funny because he was the first person that I've ever worked with. He was like, just, you know, you and I have been friends for a long time. Um, can we just only have like one round of, of notes? <laughs> Which I was like, you know, I, you know, I, I respect that. <laughs> well, on that to that point, too, I was like, look, like. I'm paying you. I want you to like be honest with me about shit. Like I want to know I'm getting my money's worth. And if you're telling me like you're going to get this done in two takes, like I fucking believe you. Plus it incentivizes me to not be like, what about this? What about this? It was like, I'm going to send you one fucking email with like all this stuff. That mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. I like to think that a, I mean, Sean is incredibly talented B. I mean, it wasn't the most like, it wasn't like a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle. Like it was a pretty straightforward. Sure. So, I mean, that came together very quickly. That video had been done for a long time and it was hard to sit on for sure. I wanted to be like, yeah. you know, I want to yeah. share with people, but that's the kind of thing. Like just, I, the only reason I didn't, well, I think that maybe, actually, I mean, you, you sat on all this material for, right. For, for quite some time. So Cam and I, we, we had like a couple phone conversations, a lot of emails about like, let's do, what should we do with this? And he actually was the one for everything he was like, you should re-record it. Mm. Because I had done a lot of stuff using an SM58, no pop guard. Okay. Um, I actually did like I do it anyway, mm-hmm. you know, off that you produced off I've of Live Long it. Enough to Learn. <laughs> I mean, it's probably the biggest <laughs> song that I had. Like I did that on an SM58, no oh, pop nice. guard. But it like that song needed that kind of shit. Right. Do you have, how many educated albums on an SM58? At several, least the first several. three. Yeah. So actually, uh, big ups to Speaks from uh, he now. I don't know if he's from the Air Force. Like, is that like his like rap he's group? Rep- like, he's representing he's the represent- Air Force. The homie. Air- it's called the Air Force Duns. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So he's this. this I think he's like, technically from the lab. If you were going to say yes, he's from the the lab, the font leaf. So he had hit me up a while back, and this is veering off into just something different that I'll eventually bring back. He'd hit me up a while back with a beat, and I was like, this shit is fucking amazing. He was like, here's another one. And I was like, man, this is amazing. Send me 10. He sent me a, just a folder full of bangers with one that I had done a long time ago. Chuck, you're on that. Priest of Nomad, a whole bunch of DMV people and national people. It was entirely produced by Scott Kuzner, Father Scott. When I wanted to get the ball rolling with two, I reached out to Scott and he said, I don't have, I've got a lot of stuff going on. I don't have time to do it now. Maybe like in a year, 
maybe two days later, Speaks sent me, started sending me those beats. Once I got enough of them, I said, let's you and I do with two together. And he was familiar with, uh, with, with, <laughs> uh, so he, he, he knew what I was talking about. We did all of that with strange famous MCs. That'll come out at some point, maybe later this year, maybe early next year. But the point being, Joe Speaks was like, your mic sucks. You need to get a better mic. It would cost you like a hundred dollars. So, so I got this mic from a homie, the gear. And then I got a studio set up, you know, like when I say studio set up, there's a mic stand in a popcorn. You literally, you don't so, have a studio. He's yeah. Like, no, but you have like the little like a uh, sound yeah. catcher on the that other That was side, the main thing. Than, yeah. Than I've got over here. So you've definitely, you've, you've lapped me for the first time in the longest time. <laughs> yeah, right. With the tech stuff. Well, cause I guess that's what makes it not sound like you're in a room like this will probably sound like, but anyway, so Cam was like, you have a better mic now. Just redo everything. And you know, it's good advice. Yes. And it's funny because as an MC, I'm like, I'll do it again. I'll do it again. I'll do it again. It's not often that somebody else would be like, you should do it again anyway. But thanks. Thankfully he did. So I redid everything. Hmm. Um, and then maybe like a month before the album came out, that's when Matt, the craziest thing I've ever seen in terms of how fast he did it. So Matt was like, I'll do the, I'll do the, the mastering. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, what about beefing some of the stuff up? I was like, all right, cool. So that took him, that and mastering took him less than a week. Hmm. And I, when I say less than a week, it was like less than five days, I think. And initially I thought, man, like this guy kind of rushed. That shit sounds fucking amazing. That guy, he's he's super talented as a sound engineer, particularly to master something where you're not working with, you know, like the source files. Anyway, so... All that came together really well. And um, the connection with him was great, too, because so Sage Francis was actually aware of Cubby Bear. I'm pretty sure before he knew who I was so long time ago, like Cubby at one point, Cubby and I had become really close. uh, We're lovers. And he said, Sage has reached out. And (laughs) (laughs) so he was like, you know, uh, Sage Francis reached out to me about. And I was like, yo, you should you should definitely do that. Or at the very least. I don't know if Sage reached out to him or somehow like he and Sage were talking about his music. Um, and so I was like, yeah, you know, Sage should Sage knows what he's talking about, you know, business wise, sonically, like you should definitely give him an ear. And, and I don't even know if I needed to say that to Cubby. He definitely was already open to he that. He already knew that. Yeah. He was like, shut up. You're what, he's not talking to you, dumbass. <laughs> so, so anyway, so when I brought the idea of the record up, to strange famous they, I mean, immediately they were like, you already know, let's, you know, we, we're, we're definitely down to do that. So they're the ones who put me in touch with Alexander Brown, who I'd already known, obviously, since he had already done, because what we were trying to do at that point was figure out who was going to do the mastering of the record. Mm. I mean, there's like, I'm lucky in that most of the people I've worked with, including speaks, who's going to, he's already mixed with two. He's going to master it. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into that, that you've got to pay somebody to do, unless they're an idiot willing to do it for free. (laughs) So, you know, we were looking at people. I was like, oh, I want to have Big Daddy Kev master the record. They're like, hold your horses, buddy. We got somebody on the roster. And then it just, you know, I couldn't have asked for somebody better uh, to do it. So, so very happy with that. Oh, Steve, I thought you were going to say something. I, I was, I was and, then you, and then you were going to say something. So that I saw Awkward your face, and I was like, we haven't done this in a while. It's, it, I know. It's been I seven know. months. I, 
I feel like I, I want. I haven't heard Steve talk enough about this, so I was I was leaning back, but actually, what I did was lean into the mic, block my mouth, and get silent. <laughs> Is that not a good context clue? That's good radio, guys. Real that's, good radio. That's that good. Good. Yeah, Steve. Do you have any? Do you have any um, probing questions you'd like to ask? Uh, I don't know if they're probing, but I mean, do you, do you feel like Josh would be proud of this record? No, uh, what do you that's think? that's what been is, the hardest. What's the criticism that you're hearing in your head about the hardest part about him is every night. The hardest part about it is every night in my dreams, he's just like, "What are you doing? Like, this messed, is fucking you trash. This, this part was not right. <laughs> you disgraced me." No, yes, I mean, you know, I the one th- yes, I feel like has you know, any, all the- has any of uh, Josh's friends before you answer that have have any of Josh's friends written you and been like. Josh wouldn't have liked what you did here. No, I've been I've been very fortunate <laughs> that that people have been. I've gotten a lot of good feedback, and I would say more so than the music. You know, just as an MC, I definitely want to hear people be like, "This is you're so dope." Like, yes, yes, tell me more. But I've gotten a lot of feedback from people who are like, "This really helped." Uh, mm-hmm. You know, process everything that happened a long time ago because I think that it's it's definitely the kind of thing where. You know, it's he passed in 2017. It'll be five years in May. Yeah, that's crazy. I think it, it's been a long. You know, his birthday was January 14th. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's good every every you know yeah. year, five years, like to have reminders about you know, like that memorialize somebody for sure in some way. And so, yeah. I feel like the timing of it along those lines was good. But I, everybody I've talked to has either been like, I've listened to it. It was very helpful. It's great. Or people are like, I'm so glad you did it. I don't have it in me to listen to it yet. And to those people I've said, I was like, everybody grieves in their own time, Mm -hmm. you know, in their own way at their own pace. And I hope that when they're ready to listen to this and hear Josh, you know, Josh's music again or something new, that this is helpful to them. I'd like to hear some of, some of of Josh's words on this, on this record. Like what, what would you recommend we we go to all friend it up for okay. sure all friend it up he absolutely just murders so I mean, before you throw I, that I would say top top three verse for him yeah easy like i think he played it on one of the chrome bills interviews we yeah we were we and were like i text that. him during the show <laughs> and i was like hey send me this mp3 and then like he obviously didn't send it because he we finished the show and then he probably drove home or did whatever and then the next morning at like you know 7:45 when i got up to do whatever i was doing the next day i was like hey i wasn't joking like send me that mp3 and i, I remember he sent it through and he, he did like the typical like rap sort of caveat of like well this isn't final don't right. share this um it's okay if you guys want to take it off the pod like uh, i'm glad that we played it but like mm. don't play it again you know it's, it's definitely going to go a lot of different places and you know I, I, as a fan i was just like no, I, I want it because i love it because to me this is like the coolest thing you guys have done yeah so to that point let me just throw this out there what you were saying in terms of what throw his feedback there. would be yeah. so everything on the record with one exception was me sort of steering the ship after josh was passed like the songs that i rewrote the songs how that would I, he, how would he feel about that well i mean he doesn't have a choice like unfortunately but <laughs> The one thing on the record, the only like, what could I do? He raps on, but I, I was the first one to lay vocals on that and like did the hook. The one thing uh-huh. that he did without my input at all 
was the first verse of All Friended Up. Ah, I see. Because you're saying on Hooray, you had already rhymed first, and right. he channeled his I'm Cubby on a track with C's mentality. Yes. Is yeah. that, was, like, even though he was still very much him, but like to, to, to rephrase your words, that he was like, all right, you set it off. Like, let me find myself in that lane. In the same, you know, it's funny now that I think about it, constrict and release might have been the opposite. So I think maybe Cubby went, so I'm, I'm playing myself. I think constrict and release is the only other uh, part of the album that he did without my input. But to your point, Chuck, like on Hooray, there's obviously, that's more of like a tongue-in-cheek sees Mike style song. Mm-hmm. Constrict and release, that's more me taking on elements of Cubby's writing style, the more somber stuff. So yes. Fuck you. It's late and I've, I've got nothing. Let's get into her. 2128, a pain in my chest till I break. A city pace where hate, I hold a straight face to relate. Sing so much so I stay hushed, little hope I don't pray. So ugly, rust on all we love, let it rain, we don't break. The rape started whole hard in a heart and look a fight. Alone, no limit, no educate, now consuming bite. I breath to free a contra, need another me, no like. I broke a clock and made a beat a team, I stole these mics. So what's left from everything I've ever said before? No action to show, let alone words express no more. If ignorance is bliss, I'll drink till I reach the floor. And hate myself in the mornings, you won't have to do it for me. I'm a bit fed up with people I look up to and peers. Put my all in art and empty hot air's all I hear. I try to start, I stutter, stare, no words volunteer. You're all the same and so am I. Fuck that. Let's get weird. Let's Fuck get this weird. world from your bed to your benches. Revenge is said it, I meant it. Judged by the truth that I put in the songs and sentence. Sent you see a semblance so strange. Every pen to page is a hand of all trying to bend the cage. And I bang my head trying to not be vague. The nothing stands out and I'm bad with names. I'm growing dumber, they growing younger. I waste my breath, they slow tumbler. I tired too quick to give a shit. I bend a bit of dip, but quit. You die being so old numb that i'm done alone i love it no refunds hands in the air no guns pointed at me signed to the horn still rapping for all the fun what fuck the games my friends are much yucked up and strange we stay in mud got bucket fame so smug like sup we love to play no nose we up warm up and straight go big go nuts go make mistakes learn stuff with smirks and a flirty face but all fronted up won't ask your names all teeth ten fingers bald and sleep awaits in calm and brief Elise alone temperamental anyway hope for home but hands free i'm rogue so 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 and silent and so provoked everything's broken i hope you choke when you speak out nope. to state all friended up two one two one eight this, 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 this is Cubby Bear. You're listening to Chrome Bills. I think we lost these. I'm officially on record, not living in the line of notes. You've got shadows and doubt. I cast deciding votes. You want designer coats and chemicals and diet coke? I wanna go well natural and grab you by the throat. Hi, your folks. I've grown weary of your tired jokes and conversations based in Seinfeld and the wire quotes. I climb the ropes, drop my pants and leave vagina soaked. But I'm only here to throw low blows at your highest hopes. High and soaked and vodka optimal. God control, massacre, honorless, monolith. With a monkey paw, contra flow. I got knowledge only God can know. And since there is no God, I must be God. Can't fly. Logic is awesome, bro. Optical illusions and auditory hallucinations. Pockets of pollution and auditoriums. Human waste. It's a basic need. Like a face to feed or a place to sleep Thankfully I own nothing that you could take from me Wanna shake the tree, not break the leaves Wanna rape the scene, not pay MCs It's safe to say I hate your steeds You were make-believe, you were matrices With a 
Super fit as a casualty. Atrophying due to your apathy. And you die at the end after gradually. You grade in the grind to a bachelor's degree. Actually, my mastery has to be a minor inconvenience. A simple genius who was pimped to lead us to buy my records and lick my penis. Pain is subpoenaed insanity. Intravenous vanity. And seek it to keep her from breeding. Bleeding a summer repeating mechanically. All the humanity needed immediate treaty. Your freedom is premium mad space. Sold at a flat rate to a magnate. Willing to castrate, ultimately stagnate. The vacuum and leadership roles. Eating fetus is soul. With a parasitic need for control. When a vampiric spirit of bleeding the globe for release on your soul. Even my zone. Spitting patterns like I'm speaking to code. Ether flows. Your emperor is asleep in his robe. Bloody cheeks on the throne. Teeth in a bowl. My phoenix arose from the ash when the helix explodes. All friended up. You see me with those? Leave me alone. You see how you can hear, you can tell like that's a live bass guitar beefing up the bass line. I don't need more friends. Fuck. I have I have so many thoughts on this song. Right. The first one I want to say is that almost like a a jazz song or a guitar solo. It's one of the very few rap songs where I learn the flow of the verses before the words. Hmm. Like I will know how everything is completing in all of you guys' lines because. Uh, the flows are so tight and they're so like well worked out and and they work with what happened before and they work with what happened after they're tied back to the other person's verse um while also there's just like a lot of lyrics in there to digest um one of the things i was going to ask what is the there's a clear like you mentioned before there's a clear delineation of like rhyming at normal speed and then going to double time but are these like 40 bar verses? Are they 32? Is it a 16 with the switch? I think it's the same length for both of you guys, but the song is like what three and mm-hmm. minutes and 45 seconds long or something. Yeah. Like it's it's a lot of it's it's a lot of rapping. Is it two thirty-twos? So I'm sure at some point I sat down and believe me, I'm super like nuts about knowing that structure like that count it's at least that though right yeah is it at least 32 yeah. so it's funny because uh, you know the time it's got to be at least 32 yeah the time that he that we played it on the show and i was like god like he fucking murdered me on this like i i have to you know it was a rough take of what i did but what i did even the, the a version of that wasn't going to be near what he did so when i went back and rewrote it like there's that point you know as you're saying <clears throat> he raps it's pretty like your usual tempo for a rap song for the first 16 bars. And then it just goes fucking berserk. And I think, you know, it's funny because, you know, that was, as I was saying, that was the first time that other than constrict and release. um, And even that like structurally, there wasn't, he really like set the tone or like to use your metaphor, Chuck, like he cleared the trail and was like, here's the path that we're going to go down. This is what I did. This is what you'll do for you. And he wasn't like, you have to do it the same. That's some shit I would say. But like, you know, I, I think I mean, like, you'd be crazy not to exactly that yeah. verse. Like, huh. yeah. So to that point too, because you know, that's you know, as I was saying about even a death, I think one of the challenges of writing a song that heavy is like you don't have five minute. This isn't like a fucking like every rose has its thorn. Like this ain't that kind of party. Like mm-hmm. it's a rap song. You've got like three minutes to get this across. So when all friended up, the, every time I've listened to it, and right when you were about to play it, I was like, ah, it's kind of long. There's never been a point where I where I've thought like this is a bad song to have first because yeah. it's so long and it's there's so many we're like for whatever reason like wow. it Agreed. gets in and out of every yeah. Yeah. And it that's the one where, you know, from like chicks, you know, that like like my wife's friends. Chicks. Like 
chicks? I, I mean, like, I, don't, I guess that's chicks? not probably not it. Like, I, by chicks, I mean, I'm joking, like, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. women that are not, like, into rap. And, uh, you know, like, obviously, there's a lot of women that are into rap, and I wouldn't call it. Anyway, I'm digging, going, I'm, digging, he's digging deep I'm digging deep so here. You're, <laughs> so you're a chick if you're not into rap. Otherwise, you're I got, a woman. I got, I got, no, I got no defense. Tell me, <laughs> tell me more, Mr. Snyder. <laughs> For, like... For a dude who's not into rap, right, I'm not sure right. that all friended up is because he probably doesn't like rap because it's like I'm not into that like aggressive shit. Mm. And so like maybe we hit him with random drug tests like they want some more like thoughtful shit. If it's like uh, uh, somebody who doesn't listen to a lot of rap, but would it be would be impressed by fast rapping? Then I'm like, all right, all friended up is is the song for you. Yeah, I, but I it's, think it's a great choice for the for the first song. For sure. Open just I, right. I think the yeah. I think the. Um, like the fact that it rhymes in the two speeds is like the less is more yeah. approach to fast rap. Like I think that it's it's almost become like hip hop fans are so spoiled that if someone's like really good at fast rap, but they do it for the whole song, they're like that's just noise, right? right? Like, right. And, and I say yeah. that even like people will criticize it. But I'm not interested in rap god by Eminem. Like I do like the part where he goes really really fast. You know, like right. people it's, have like yeah. that <clears throat> that type of mentality. Where I think for this, like what gives the song amazing balance is that it comes in aggressive like it could have existed as a song that never switched to double time mm. i still remember when we played it on the podcast yeah uh and, and i mean this as the highest compliment because i hold des in such a high regard i was like right the first two bars that josh said i was like oh i didn't remember them saying des was on this because it was like so locked into kind of like a bully aggressive yeah. like right on the beat flow and i'm used to josh maybe being a little bit faster and taking a little bit more like mm. roundabouts at, at, at pockets where then it like <laughs> as it got to the fourth or fifth bar i was like oh this is josh I was like he's locked in so i remember yeah. like taking my head focusing on the song and then when it went double i was like oh this is the best like this is the fucking best song right now and i remember thinking i was like don't let this be the chorus let this be that this verse keeps going mm -hmm. like this and then for you to come in and do it again i go back to that thing of like 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 a jazz song or a guitar solo it's one of those moments where the vocals incredibly ridiculous rhymes that make the song timeless live in this world where the patterns drive the song and give it this really cool interesting structure where you would never be like that song doesn't have a chorus i can't gravitate to it gravitate to it anyone that listened to that song and enjoyed it once would be like give me the all friended up joint like yeah. they would know they would go to and you don't have a course where you're like we're all friended up but say what we're all friended you know there's not <laughs> there's like Damn, no moment like, yeah. like that exactly there's there doesn't need to be some say moment what? in the middle the well, way so you know the, the way drake would have done it or whoever right would have been, been so deliberate with it um and that i think it's a to to summarize all my thoughts because i have so many thoughts on the song i fucking love it uh i really hope i make even a smidgen of the video uh that it is it's a fantastic song to set off a record that's obviously going to have a lot of emotions on it by starting with hey don't forget shit is fire yeah yeah it's well so a couple things to that point so this is another just one of those maybe like music nerd things but particular to rap because so so much of rap is <laughs> is rapping there's always so many fucking words and, or, you know, there can be. And so with this song, like clearly like off the jump, there's like the bass hit and then you're into Josh's verse. And any idea what the guy's saying in the sample? Uh, I remember Josh told me once, I can't remember it off the top of my head. Please, please get that for me. 
So, but it's so interesting to me that neither of us were ever like, should we do cuts on this? Like the the beat just playing as the hook in between the verses and at the end. Oh, really? You think it should have had hook? Should have had cuts? I mean, at the end, I I I was waiting for my man Attic to come out and rip shit, but you know. But I agree with season, not in the middle. No, not in the middle. I don't know, man. You know, it's one of those. I... I think we could have put cuts on at the end, but at that point, I feel like it would have been like, from my perspective, to use you know, a word that I've come to use quite a bit on mm. our text, mm. shoehorning. I feel like it would have been the, the beat. The beat was the perfect other character in that song, mm. and it had its verses, like in between the verses, and then at the right, end. Right. Uh, if, was, if Josh was a scratch DJ as a producer, it would have been very natural to put cuts on the end of that because why don't you? Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that you would have had to go get a featured artist to do cuts at the end, I I agree with leaving it, and I think that that feels like a minor nuance because like the song should be the song. But I actually think, like, Steve, if you had made that beat, you would have just been like, yeah, I think I'm going to put two wiki wikis at the end. But the reality is you're not going to get someone to come on to just, like, sure. do two to four bars of cuts. I don't think you were implying that you wanted, like, 16-bar scratch out at the no, end. No, no, no. I just wanted, like, I was just... like, friends, friends, how many of us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that that's one. It's pretty rare that I'll go back and listen to a record that I've done mm-hmm. And not thought, oh, like maybe I could have added this or like taken this out. And it's easy to say because this record, this album is only eight songs. But oh, every time I've listened to it, like I remember random drug test thinking this needs something, doesn't need to be a lot. I'm going to send it to Max because Max is a fucking genius and won't, his ego won't be like, let me put my fingerprints all over this. He added keys to a section, mm-hmm. in, like one section in the song, and it just really fucking takes that song over the top. A couple things I wanted, uh, a couple notes I had listening to offering it up. So number one, so for the video that's going to come out for that, it's going to be sooner than later, hopefully, nice. maybe sometime in February. The, there was a lot of people who had to have access to the lyrics. So obviously I had mine. Fucking DJ Attic transcribed Josh's verse. Good luck. Like, I can, he did such a great job. Yeah, thank you for that. There's a couple... Uh, it was dip. by the way, can we talk about this for a second? Let's unpack this a little yeah, bit. Let's unpack the video. It was What's a, the concept behind the video. It was no, but hold on, before you even go there, it was a hilarious ask that Cole was like, I want everyone to rap well, hold on, hold on, the verses in the song we just yeah. heard, and then didn't send them. We'll go into why you wanted it. It was like, Hey, I'm gonna need people to rap the verses in this and didn't send them. And I know a lot of people were like, Oh, that's cool, I'm gonna be in the video, like I'll check the song in a minute. And like I knew the song, didn't had had the song for years and was like, I don't know all the words to this song. Yeah. No, <laughs> Holy was... shit, are you serious? Like, <laughs> I mean, I think even I... in my video of doing it, I maybe hit 50% of the lyrics at I best with them in front of me going along with it. Cause I don't know how to mouth it. So I had to say them and I'd find myself being off and I was like, yeah, 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 yeah fuck this. Just keep Leave it. There. it. Don't, don't yeah. touch that Josh line. Yeah. You can't do that line. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, I I wasn't able to do. I was able to do part, certain parts of it, but so there's that part of it. The, you'll see what we're talking about when the video comes out. The other one was the first time my wife heard it. She's like, "Vagina soaked, huh?" <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. That's like one of the lines in my verses. Yeah. Uh, so, as oh, that's talk- you do have. You definitely hit the vagina oh. lyrics. Like on, I was playing. The Chrome Bills this is a uh, full full length that's coming out. Vagina and, lyrics, and it was the 
I think it's on Get Sized. It's on the single that we put out where you said, uh, we'd let the hair pie air dry. <laughs> and my wife was just like, it, 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 it like popped up. Definitely like the fucking receptors went up and was like, what did you just say? It's, like, uh, it's not me. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> so that second, the second part of All Friended Up, the fast part, I wanted to like have it memorized cold. I knew I would be doing punch-ins, but I used to do it at Target when I so years ago when I was working at Target part-time. I'd be at my day job like walking around my day job saying that verse, then I'd go down to Target and say it. <laughs> People thought I was probably thought I was fucking crazy. So that was fun. Um, was the can you explain the line about the Seinfeld your freedom, your freedom is premium. Oh, sorry. How can I help you? The uh, the Seinfeld and the wire quotes was that a shot at me? I feel like Ooh. You, I, Ooh. I was like these two. Good call. <laughs> these are things <laughs> I say that half joking. But what what is that lyric? Just that, I mean, you're like we need to all be original and stop reverting no, back no, to no generic to jokes, television. I guess. So I you know I'm not gonna lie, man. Like one of the, I love my wife, and I feel like we have a, like a, a very healthy, almost perfect relationship in how we balance each other out. But she hates Seinfeld. And I've seen every Seinfeld episode maybe 20 times each. I could have conversations with people just using Seinfeld quotes. Like there's times where she and I, there's something that happens and I'm like, that's a shame. (laughs) And I look at her, I'm like, oh, fuck, that's right. You don't watch the show. So it's definitely a shot at me. The wire quote, I feel like I was like, then there's like some doppelganger of, of Mike C's in like, San Diego, who can also do the same thing with the wire quotes. I shit you not. One time I was at work. This was a long time ago. This was at the Chives, Chuck. And, you know, they weren't the coolest people there. (laughs) But, like, there was these two people having, like, it was like a seven-minute conversation, just going back and forth having uh, Seinfeld quotes. Mm. So I thought, well, I'm a fucking loser, so are these people, so I'm going to take a shot at somebody. All right, so at least I feel like I'm off the hook. It wasn't what, specifically what directed um, at me, which makes me feel good. Listen, I'm you know, I'm 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 just the biggest fucking nerd. You know, I'm definitely like like I hate when beautiful people are like, I'm just a fat fuck. Like, no, you're not. Like I am a fucking well, I, nerd. I had already <laughs> thought it was kind of funny because I thought Cubby like jokingly came at everyone that you had done music with before, like very tongue in cheek and was like educate and consume and he was like uh, you know, I, I built a team and stole C's mics. Like yeah. there were like references to music yeah. that you had ba- been making before, which like, even though I wasn't in educating consumers, I felt like associated with that. He didn't, he, there was no first name basis like reference in there, but there was like something, something in there where I was, I, I loved it. Like as an MC, I was like, that's a fucking really cool way, especially with this ending up being the first record on the project, like the first song on, on the full lane is that he's like, I stole C's mics. Like I always thought when I heard it, you know, some people get all like butthurt, but I'm like, no, that is a, a fucking yeah, not about that specific lyric, but like when they feel right. like something is about them, someone would get hurt. Mm-hmm. No one's ever said that to me, but I was like, there's a there's something about it where I'm like, it's really cool that he was like, no, clean the slate of everything you've ever done. It's just like rapper shit talk, like yeah. clean the slate of everything C's has ever done because you're only ever going to remember what he did with Cup. Well, like, I know, felt like there was that was in the lyric and it was dope. So that, and, and even in death, I have a lyric, uh, Baltimore's least willing prophet, most likely his prospect to draw a line in the sand just to cross it. Like he was a, he was a button pusher kind of dude, but not in like, a, what was the uh, Eddie Murphy 
story with Rick James. Like, he habitual, was a habitual line, line stepper. Habitual like habitual line stepper. Josh wasn't a line stepper. He was a button pusher. Like he just liked to like get a rise out of people. And that, so yeah, I mean, I always thought it's funny because I feel like like it's driving and it's not menacing, but like there's a level of aggression to all friended up that's all like done with a smile. There's like a certain like lightheartedness to that beat. And I think in the context of him saying that over that beat, like it's definitely, I remember being like, ah, that's clever. <laughs> it's it's yeah. like a knowledge of the scenario too, of like yeah. someone is going to listen to this song and say, before they even put it on, like, how does this compare to the other stuff that C's has done? Mm, right? right. Like, mm. and it's just kind of right away taking, especially knowing that it was, you know, other than hooray, maybe one of the second or third things that you guys were doing. And, and now you're working on a full length together that it's like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to turn into the skid, you know, it's like the best way to explain it. Like I'm not, instead of like, Hey, let's just pretend like we're some new rap group that no one's ever heard of. Like I'm going to use the fourth and fifth bar of the song to do a play off of educated consumers. Right. And then talk about how I stole C's, which I was like, C's steal, you know, like there's a, it's a, it's a logical transition to get there too. It's just some funny wordplay with at the end being like, Oh, by the way, this song is going to be fucking dope. Yeah. You guys are in for some shit. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was well. So one of the things I was gonna say about, you know, me being the one sort of driving the record, going like, really steering the ship in a lot of ways. I would love to hear what this record would have come out like if Josh had been alive and was like, "No, let's do this," or like, yeah, "I want to yeah. like for this song." I, you know, that's that's sort of one of those awesome what ifs, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that I, I think would have been cool. So, how many? Uh, this was a question I meant to ask earlier. Do you, when people were reaching out to you in in like just positive feedback on social media and stuff when the record came out or or even the people that said they couldn't listen to it yet was there an overwhelming consensus among like really close friends and fans that they knew there was posthumous stuff out there or was there anyone that was like I thought I had heard everything I was going to hear because I feel like there probably was a section of the group that was like oh shit this exists you know a way that even like a lot of us felt about when tribe dropped the album in 2016 and we're like i had no idea that there was like Mm -hmm. a bunch of stuff and we all knew that they were like you know posthumously in that record you know kind of doing the same things of like how do we make a full length out of what we have um did, did anyone specifically reach out to you with that comment that they didn't know there was anything else coming you know it's a funny thing in that one of my one thing i think josh was really good at was promotion he was really good at at because at that time he was playing at sonar in baltimore and the reason he kept one of the reasons he and i first linked was he kept getting their shows in baltimore that educated consumers weren't getting like he would always get the opening slot for say trance's shows and you know educated consumers got a lot of awesome shows opening for people like atmosphere like brother ali i'd always those shows were great i was a huge say francis fan and i was like who who is this asshole getting these shows and a big reason what that josh was getting was he would he was really good at having something to promote and figuring out a unique clever way to promote it and i say all that to say this like i kind of missed those days of music where it made sense to have like a six week rollout or like a week, you know, like rollout, like method man's new album dropping like November, like, fuck it's March. I can't wait. Like now you don't have to wait. So there was no build up to saying like, you know, using that as like a selling point for four weeks. 
I have heard there's been plenty of people be like, oh shit, like I had no idea this was coming. Um, it's definitely something I had talked to, I think on the podcast and like anytime somebody would ask me like, what's new with music? I'm like, you probably heard me say this three times already in the last couple of years with this record that I had worked on with Cubby. We're getting that together. Like, um, I'm sure that there's people I'm trying to think of like on the YouTube on even in depth. I feel like there's people I couldn't, most of the people like on Instagram or Twitter, I, I could tell you like, you know, what color their eyes are. Like I know those people that well, mm. the YouTube, so there's, it seemed like there was some commenters on there. Like his music meant so much to me, like, so glad to hear this. Mm-hmm. I kind of think that's somebody being like, shit, like I didn't know that there was more stuff and, and even, you know, more to the point, like, I'm so glad they found some, some peace and listening to it. I hope I, I, I hope I find some money in them listening to it. <laughs> Where are you donating all the proceeds from the record? My fucking children. No. no. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> so Josh's brother, Bill, that what, well, I, so I can't, I don't think I should publicize this. And okay. it's not like, they're not like building a new moon or something like that. They're trying to fig- choose. They've landed on an option that makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a. I, I don't see why it wouldn't work. It will work. I. They just haven't like finalized that that's what they're going to do. And they might not even give a shit. The money's going to a good cause. I will definitely say that. It's just figuring out which good cause and how to get it to them. Awesome. So. And are you guys doing other than streaming revenue? Are you doing any? hard copies of any of the stuff you're doing like a, a seven inch record or uh anything or is this strictly digital and just people like where should we steer people on the show if they want to contribute money to the project is it Bandcamp just for the mp3s or is there anything else on the horizon these mics at paypal.com so um if you go to strange famous records.com under my artist page the merch for that there is uh, a CD, and then there's also a seven-inch record, which is really cool. What what songs are on the seven-inch? It's all friended up, and even in death are on the seven-inch. There's some really. Oh, awesome- are you serious? I didn't yeah. need to buy that. Oh yeah. My my actual criticism of Bandcamp would be that the app is really good, um, in the sense that it's a lot easier to play songs. Mm-hmm. But it's not very good for accessing the store associated with the re- releases the way that being on the web browser that's, is. So that's, I, that's I've only, I've only listened to it on the app. So even for me, who's listened to the album probably four times through, uh, was not aware. Like, because I'm gonna buy the fucking seven inch as soon as we get off of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, uh, I had no clue. Big ups to Deep of Two Hungry Brothers. He's the guy that got me into rhyming. Mm. He, oh he, yeah, he bought a <clears throat> copy. Bustin Freestyle. Uh, what's the from the first? Who are you? <clears throat> the very first educated. Bustin Freestyles in the stairwell with deep. With deep. That's right. Uh, hold on. Why am I not? So under the artists. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So um, I'm pretty sure there's CDs. Steve, am I missing it on the app though, or would you agree that the app is a little? The bit... app is. You can hear the music, but it's different. You can't really get to the store, and I even with the app, I don't think you can buy an album like if. Like you have to be online to purchase an album. Yeah, I want if you buy it online, it automatically syncs to your app. Yeah, which is, like, that's fine. That's a good function. But like, no, I would agree because I, I can't tell you the number of times I've like logged in through the Bandcamp app and then been like, I just want to buy this record, but then they won't let you. Yeah, I felt the same way. I was like, well, I guess Cole's not selling this, which is kind of that not doesn't make on sense. Brand. 
<laughs> so, all right, two things. For anybody that does want to check it out, ShaneFamousRecords.com is the place to go. Under yep. If you go to their merch store, it's available as MP3 download, 7-inch record, mm. and then there are T-shirts. There are not CDs. I played myself on. You played yourself on that you one. You played uh, yourself. So, when, yes, there are CDs of Live Long Enough to Learn. There's still 45 of those. No, those are sold out, which is encouraging because hey. there's a lot of how, uh How big is your head on the T-shirts for... <laughs> Uh, even in death, it's not even. So they they made a. It's not you a know, T-shirt actually. Like, they just made a mold of my head, and that's what you put on top of your head. I forgot about those shirts. I don't think I have one of those. You need. I I I think I have a couple. And that was not that, not exactly a hot seller. Not that a hot was item. Hilarious joke. <laughs> giant cold face yeah. the, the eyeballs did sync, sync up pretty well with the nipples though which i don't know if it was on purpose but it was pretty awesome <laughs> all right this is gonna be meat eating media perfect with, with chrome bills episode 180 we love y'all Sam died recently, legally, victimized by high frequency. Oddly enough, people he treated equally, let him burn slow while the ash spread evenly. They went to drain the swamp. They went to drain the swamp. The swamp drained them. The swamp drained them. Withdrawals from a blood Withdrawals bank. from a blood bank. Deposits to a gun safe. Be confused, be controlled, conclude you're alone. Act subdued, a boot on your throat. Next to the knife and fork, there's a beast to feed and it's starved for retention. Something to satiate the salivating sick of fans in advance to be an appetite super dinner plan. We bring a scam within a scam, but spinning spam in the span of life sentences. So if it sounds like censorship, pound don't mention it. Nobody prove, nobody gets benefits. When it hits the fan, nothing gets the smell out. We're gonna feast on that flesh for a generation. Easily digested as requested. After all, you paid for it. Reporting live from a human rainforest. If it bleeds, it leads, but if it breeds, it's the main course. From the maniacs muzzled by a ball gag Echoes through a torture chamber We all laugh like the shot of proof We can't walk back Amber grains of truth are being waved in the false flag An answer blows in a different direction While the windbags drop bait on sitting ducks Mating for ratings but can't get an erection Without beta testing for liberal cucks Please subscribe to our role in the rampage Feeding the vampires vitriolic sham rage Full of finishing touch to she sheds and man caves Check the classifieds and geens of the lampshades You bias for the bias to reinforce Context we constantly reinvent to lead a horse To the waterlogged on cemetery So we can beat it till it's dead and buried Hate is hereditary Go out on the limb for your family tree Who storm from the table when they can't agree You see nothing leans coming from the slaughterhouse After you and the fat chance We're so glad you brought a spouse to an oligarch Orgy of oligarchs Smoke covers above co-brothers and body parts Within the funeral pile the cannibalistic humans desire Meat-eating media Crazy. I'm the one that you're looking for.
Fuck them all. As I, I told Chuck, I have, I've been working on this song, which I think after my rambling really sums it up. They're all lying to you. Some are just honest about it. Mm. There you go. What do you think of that? I think. Steve, how do you feel during all this? I'm tired. I'm going to be honest with you. What's on your mind, though? I'm ready, I'm ready to go to bed. <laughs> you ready to wrap it? <laughs> yeah. This has been Chrome Bills 180. It's been a long While week. we recap, give, no. give us a recap of the things of this episode that were important to you, though. Oh, shit. That were important to me? Oh, I just wanted to, uh, I think, learn more about Josh, to celebrate Josh, to celebrate his music, to celebrate his legacy. You know? I think we were we were lucky enough, or I was lucky enough to hang out with him, you know, um before he passed um to have him over to my house to share some good times with and i I always appreciate that there you go well said cool i'm still tired (laughs) yeah no i I just wanted to make sure you got in there because i know no 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 cole and i will cole and i will get uh on the edge of the seat when it comes to conversations i'm perfectly fine being the um you know same one no, not being the same one, but being the, the being the producer of the podcast. I'm good with that. I don't need to be the talking head, too. I, I think that uh, everything you said does summarize what was important of doing this. We obviously hadn't done a podcast episode in in seven months mm-hmm. uh, when the album came out. You know, Cole mentioned it, but I think we would have mentioned it if he didn't. That like we needed to do this. We need to get on here, talk about the record. I think that the extension of music um, I've watched like behind the musics about bands that I don't even like, you know, I watched like a 45 minute thing on VH one about Pitbull once. So like when I can do it about someone, someone uh, whose music I respect, let alone someone uh, Joshua knew uh, and just hear the inner workings of this album. I want to say, Cole, I appreciate you being so open about some of the honest questions that I had as a fan of like, how does this really come together? Give me the nuts and bolts. And and you really elaborating on it. I think that a lot of people that will love this record will hopefully love this show. If we edit it right and put all the the talk about the, the uh, even in death record at the front end, I I hope that we accomplished that being the goal. Uh, Cole, I think you, did an excellent job of, of responding to anything we could push you in that direction of and sharing about the record. And this is me just from the bottom of my heart, hoping that uh, somebody listened to this and, and got some enjoyment out of it and rest in peace to Cubby Bear. Word up. Very well said. And thank you guys for, you know, just being you being lifelong friends and it makes, you know, losing somebody like Josh makes you appreciate having somebody like mm. Josh mm. and it makes you appreciate having friends like you guys. So, yeah, you know, definitely rest in peace and thank you for having me on and thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, be sure, you know, to, to that point also, you know, he's got a pretty extensive discography and I think that there's going to be a, I'd say the majority of people that have already heard the record are familiar with Cubby's discography for the people who 
uh, will hear the record going forward. Like it hasn't like rippled out to them yet, but they'll hear it from people that were fans of Cubby and just got their hands on some new music. They'll share it. Somebody will get into that and then Mm -hmm. make sure that you tell them, go listen to the rest of his stuff too. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes even I got to give him credit that he's a guy, he's an incredible artist in the craftsmanship that when this record came out, I listened to it. It made me want to go back through nostalgia. And I listened to the song Tame, which I had heard a handful of times, 20 times, 30 times, seeing him do it live. For some reason, just hearing it in 2022, it struck, you know, it's a trope to use the word timeless, but Jesus Christ. I mean, that song, oh my God. I think you could go back to it anytime and hear something different. And, you know, those are the artists that we all love, you know, where when you go back to it, it's more exciting, not less exciting. And to Cole's point, I hope that anyone that doesn't know Cubby's back catalog that does hear this record goes through because there's a lot of fun waiting for you. To that point, too, in terms of videos, there's a really good video for Tame. Mm. And I feel like nowadays people are a little bit more into visuals than just the audio. So if you need a good place to start with Cubby's music, check out the Tame video. No doubt. So back to politics. This is Cubby Bear. You're listening to uh, so, Steve, one more thing before we sign off. Yeah, what's so up? what's up? I saw that Mike Pence was sa- <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have a really good uh two really good different styles guys that I want to throw at you. Pike Mentz. All right. <laughs> Number <There's> one, one. <laughs> Chucky Checkers instead of Chubby Checkers. Yeah, I like it. Yo. The second one, and this is the one that we may Wait, have. What about ch- what about chunky checkers? Chunky checkers. <laughs> chunky checkers. I like it. We got to use that one because that at least keeps it in the vibe of him yeah. being chubby. It's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> within the vibe of being chubby, <laughs> I think that's the white. That's dude. the name yeah. of the that album. Got... Is within the vibe of being chubby. <laughs> chunky checkers. Chunky checkers. Within the vibe within of being chubby. The vibe of being chubby. Yo, that's the cover. Can I produce album. that oh, record? Man. I would like to produce that record. Uh, I, mean, I got some beats for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I think of this guy as a DJ. Maybe he could be the DJ on that record. Mm. Skidmark. <laughs>